Hello, and welcome once again to the Oklahoma Atheist Godcast, the digital audio stream in which the members of the Oklahoma Atheists are casting gods out, broadcasting our doubt, and casting about for answers to difficult questions. Today on the show, we're going through the Bible in the King James Version, which is um, admittedly a somewhat difficult read, and we're not going to be too terribly scholarly about it. Like the first beneficiaries of the English translation, we're attempting to get a sense of what it's like to read this on its face without the benefit of having clergy. Yeah, it's confusing. So, enjoy. Yeah, we went through it in too much detail last time. We went too slow. Right. But this time it'll be quicker because there's a whole lot of basically... Making curtains and... Yes. Oh, God. Yeah. Can we skip the curtains? We can skip the curtains (laughs) and the robes that jingle. (laughs) The the killer lampstands. Oh, yeah. I'm wondering if somebody's reading their Bible at home, somebody who really believes it, you know, what it's like for them to be like, oh, yeah, this this is the timeless word of God right here. This is clearly yeah. some wisdom for the ages. Everyone's gonna. We should write this down in a book that everyone has on their shelf. All about I can think of was Michael Palin reading about the holy hand grenade and. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> Just the list and list and list. And, and the number of the counting shall be <laughs> three. And the orangutan. Five is right out. <laughs> and they did feast on the sloths and ocelots. <laughs> And orangutans. It's actually a vastly more interesting passage than what we had to slog through this time. <laughs> okay, so the, the, NI, the NIV says it was acacia wood, not we shit wood. We shall not do NIV. <laughs> NIV is, is not allowed. No. Hang on, I got to open up Bible Gateway then. Nobody can quote the NIV. We're only doing the KJV, the one true English translation of the Bible. I got myself a parallel edition here. Thank you very much. I didn't want to give money to anyone that prints the Bible. It better be King James on one side and Greek on the other, Shelley. <laughs> it's, it's King James and New International. Mm. You're going to make me spit out my beer. Which brings us to our most important segment. What are you drinking tonight? <laughs> We're going to go from left to right. Uh, Chaz. All right. Well, I'm going to class down this joint and uh, bring my Miller Lite to the table. I love uh, I was drinking that earlier, then I switched to real beer. And it's out of a can. <laughs> oh, yes! Bonus points. It's classy. Uh, I'm glad you're already married. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure a class of beer will help me get a... would ever help me with the woman, actually. Oh, yeah, women women love classy beer drinkers. Uh, women practically judge a man by the, the flavor of his beer. PBR says I'm, I'm. PBR says I'm not looking for a long-term relationship. <laughs> Unless you're hipster, then I'll get you laid in like five seconds. Right, which is what I was saying. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I live in a college town. There's lots of those here. And what are you drinking, Jason? I'm drinking Sweetwater Happy Ending. It's High Point beer that I can buy cold because I live in a fun state. F- you. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. I, I also bought it from a grocery store, and it's nine percent. Oh, I love that! You gotta establish some Oklahoma cred. What what school did you go to here? <laughs> There's some real cred here. You go to hell, Oklahoma Christian. Oh, okay. Oklahoma right. Christian. Oh, all right. No, in that case, we'll let you stay on the show. Some of us escaped. Paul, is it um, is it organic fair trade beer this evening? <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, man. Uh, no, tonight, well, it's local, if that counts or anything. Uh, I got 
the Chalk Brewery Minor Mishap Black Lager, and it's wonderful. Oh, that's excellent. Nice. Nice. I think that about balances out Chaz's choice there. I even chilled it yes. in the snowdrift in my front yard. So. Oh, God. That is a fantastic <laughs> idea. I figured I couldn't get out of the driveway. You guys excuse me for a moment. I'm going to have to put a bottle on ice. Hey, I wonder what the temperature was here today. No. It was like 75. Yeah. Um, I don't know what to say about that. Yeah. Oh, yeah, we should mention that we're taping this in the midst of a snowstorm. Snowmageddon. Yeah, Snowmageddon 2011. I've been in my house for two days straight with my mother-in-law and her dog. Ouch. Nice. Yeah, it's been a good time. Ooh, four dogs. That's great. Yeah, it's a four-dog night here. (laughs) (laughs) I've been suffering crappy internet speeds thanks to my neighbors downloading porn or something. Let's hope that's what it is. (laughs) I can't... I can't even play Call of Duty online today on my day off. This is awful. I know it is awful. That is that is terrible. The the burdens that we put up with in suburbia. Everyone's home yeah. and everyone's on the internet. It's it awful. awful. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyway, Shelly. Well, I didn't know there was going to be a drinks quiz. Oh, oh. you obviously haven't been listening. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I don't. Weeks. I haven't. That hasn't downloaded for me yet. So the last thing I had to drink was a glass of milk. <laughs> that is terrible. <laughs> Was there at least Bailey's or Kahlua in that milk? No. Oh. I really like milk. You like those characters on uh, that show, the ones that drink milk, you know. Uh, poils or whatever? Yeah, yeah, the poils. Yeah, they drink milk even at parties. It's very disturbing. Well, I wouldn't have been able to go out and get any liquor anyway. Because I... I'm also stuck in the house. We're going to assume that really you're you're secretly taking shots of vodka or something. Um, but I did shoot up heroin earlier. Does that count? Not, as... No, not if you weren't drinking it. Got... Oh. Uh, okay, I'm drinking Samuel Adams, basically your general run-of-the-mill decent beer. Well, it's always a good decision. Uh, well, yeah. And I've sequestered myself to the third bathroom, so I should be <laughs> r- relatively free of... of Invasions of dogs and children tonight. Let's let's get right into it. Uh, we've uh, blown enough enough time. Paul, lead us through the uh, second half of the King James version. The uh, second half of Exodus. Of Exodus, right? In twenty one, we start with a bunch of social laws about Hebrews and their servants, and apparently, selling your daughter to a foreign nation is definitely not cool. Uh, and then, actually, pretty much most of twenty through 30 is uh, well, no I would say 20 through 24 is a lot of laws uh, with all of the important things like that you're not supposed to see the kid in his mother in, in its mother's milk and uh, you know, all of that type of stuff and then at uh. 24 yeah, that's very important at 24 we get to the uh, the flaming mountain where God begins to only talk to Moses. I, I, I do want to mention something. After the the goat and his mother's milk, where where is yes. that? That's uh, uh, I have it at twenty three nineteen. Yeah, I think that's where we all have it. Raw <laughs> <laughs> KGB. Well, it says it again. At, it says it again later on. But is that the second Ten Commandments? Yeah, the first. Ten Commandments, I think, are in Exodus twenty, and then there's yeah. another Ten Commandments later on, where he actually puts them on stone, and it takes him 40 days to etch it out, and, you know, all of that. 
Right, but with the, the this with this instance of the the goat and the mother's milk, it doesn't say it's the Ten Commandments. It's just a collection of commandments. Yeah, yeah it's really difficult to know. You just all of a sudden they're in there. In my notes, I have uh, chapter twenty two more law, chapter twenty three law again. Yeah, yeah, more law. Yeah. <laughs> uh, there's, there's a lot of law in there, and there's um and it's kind of grouped by and there's personal injury law first, and then there's uh, property laws in, in twenty two, and then. And there's laws about virgins and killing witches, which seems like a basic kind of like mishmash there. I, I can't see what witches have to do with bestiality. Well, I don't know. Maybe I just don't know enough about witches to get onto. But I like the whole dowry of virgins. Yeah, is that the, at the beginning of uh, at verse sixteen there. It's twenty two. Yeah, yeah twenty two sixteen. If a woman, if a man entice a maid that is not betrothed and lie with her, he shall surely endow her to be his wife. But if not, then he has to pay a dowry of, of virgins. To the father, for defiling her, I guess. Well, for ru- for ruining her for for future, like the it's like stealing money. I mean, you you it sell is. your daughter when you when you marry your daughter off, then you're you know you get money, and so if you can't get the money anymore because she's not a virgin, then somebody has to compensate you. Virginity is fungible. Yes. 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 <laughs> In this society, it's uh, it's at least uh, valuable because everything's based on paternity, right? So. Because, you know, you, I mean, there's no Maury Povich, so how do you, <laughs> how do you know if the kid is yours? And I mean, you get yourself a 12-year-old wife and you keep her knocked up every year until she dies. That's about the best you can do. Yeah, it was all about inheritance, because you had nobody right. to give all your crap to when you died. You don't want to give it to some other dude's kid, so. <laughs> no, yeah. you don't. It's very important. That's very insecure to be a man, really. It sounds terrible. Although. Yeah, I feel it, really sorry for him. Given a choice in that society. <laughs> Yeah, tough. I like the ox laws though; they were fun to watch. You know, to to read about about how if 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 you know that the ox tends to gore people, you're more responsible than if you. That was actually kind of sensible. That was one of the very that same case was on Judge Judy yesterday. (laughs) (laughs) Except it was a dog. Very far. It's very important that we mention we're snowed in. (laughs) (laughs) There's no watching. I'm not snowed in. Shut up. I had to go to work today, though. Wow, one more of those, buddy. I never yeah, noticed uh, chapter 22, verse 28, uh, thou shalt not revile the gods, plural. Oh, yeah. That's that supposed was to be plural? There, there's a lot of plurality so far. In Genesis, there was some plurality yeah, of gods. Yeah, oh, yeah, absolutely there was. It shows more of the Jewish polytheism, how it started out with many gods, and then they picked one. Right. Yeah, it becomes clear in this book, uh, well, in, in both of these books, that you're really just supposed to worship that one. Yeah. The, the other ones don't become fictional until much later. Yeah. Talk about insecure males. This guy is... <laughs> His name is Jealous. That's in there. Exactly. That's right. I thought that was a little uh, insightful. Okay, I, I do got to ask uh, something about the, about the, uh, the hornets in Chapter 23. Did you guys see that? Uh, I will send hornets before thee, which will drive out the Hittite and the Hittites and the Canaanites and all that. Yeah. In twenty three twenty eight, I thought, wow, that you know that sounds a lot better than the uh, genocide, which is, which is described a bit further down in the Bible. Yeah, and sick bees on them. Yeah, well, and it just it, it would have been a kinder, gentler way to take over the promised land, just by oh, hornets. Anaphylactic shock. <laughs> well, what? How, yeah, they're Only in the Middle few. East. How you know they're they could be Africanized honeybees? It's pretty close to Africa. Uh, it's still not nice. I'm Could not, it have I'm, been the basketball team? I'm not saying it's great. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, that was bad. <laughs> we 
will send the Hornets before they into New Orleans. <laughs> uh, and Chris Paul so shall smiteth thee. I, I'm not saying it'd be great to be stung by a bunch of hornets, like, you know, but it would be better for the Israelites not to have to murder everyone. You know, it'd be less psychological trauma I don't for think them. they care. <laughs> like, they don't mind. Yeah. These, are, these are the guys that play <clears> the old force They seem to genocide. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely say it was it was a more efficient way. I mean, how much time do they spend having to go through and kill all these guys right. and tear down our, all their altars and all of that stuff? But if bees and pestilence go in and, and drive them all out, then you know, still takes a year. That's true. But it takes them a year just to move their tents. I mean, <laughs> they gotta. Did you not? The tabernacle is is an impressive piece of work. I mean, it, I'm sure it takes them a year just to pack that right. thing up and move it. <laughs> yeah, God says in the chapter he's going to do it really gradually so that the land doesn't become wild with beasts. So, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. yeah it's, I'm not saying he doesn't everywhere. have his reasons. I'm, I'm, I'm just saying it'd, it'd be better. Though if he's magic, I mean, is he magic or isn't he? Well, if he was magic, why would he need to use hornets and rain to do his bidding? Thank you. If he was really that magic, you could just smite. Maybe he didn't want them to know that God was driving him out. I don't know. Lest they repent Make- and turn to the Lord. Right. I'm making horrible excuses for God. I'm yeah, you should be some sort of seminarian. <laughs> I, I haven't eaten dinner, and uh, yeah, so and and, I, and I've had a few beers. So excuse my horrible excuses for the all powerful. Well, beer has food value, so. That kind of counts as dinner. That's true. <laughs> I recommend a wholesome glass of milk. Oh, of course you do. Shelly's going to have all the good insights tonight because she's sober. <laughs> I think what we have in the house is um, almond milk. So. Oh, God. You and your fair trade in almond milk. That's good. <laughs> what can it's I really say? really hippie or something. <sighs> okay. Okay. So let's... <laughs> Let's get through this, some of this, some of this stuff. Did you guys find? Well, it gets really boring really soon. Oh, so. you're right. Yes. It really does. It gets yeah. Bad. Then God becomes the great architect. <laughs> explicit, yeah. explicit instructions on how to build a tabernacle and specific people that get to build the tabernacle. Very. And don't forget the interior decorating. That's yes. it too. Yeah, God is. And the dress. You have to wear very specific things with jangles and bangles and bells. It's, it's Moses, all- right? Moses is the one making all this stuff. No, he he like no? finds it to uh oh what was the guy's name? Aaron. He's no, no, just no, the I, guy that stands around and watches them make it. No, there's Aaron? a guy. There's an actual guy that gets assigned to build it all. I forget what his name is, but they don't oh, mention Aaron it. Aaron gets to wear the fancy clothes, right? Right, right. Yes. Aaron Aaron is is the priest and all of his. That, that's the priestly class, and then there's Bezalel, or I'm not even going to try and say it. It's in 31, uh, in Exodus 31. He talks about like. This is the guy who's going to build this, and oh right, right, right. I missed just, it, and just I never heard heck it. Heck of a mandate, Bezalel. Bezalel, there you go. Son of Uri, son go. of Hur. Yes, yeah. the world's first government contractor, Bezalel. <laughs> <laughs> he gets all this, all this stuff set up to do. I think that was way more than a government contract. That was a freaking mandate from God, man. Yeah, oh yeah. I don't think it pays well. It doesn't say what he gets paid to do. I assume he's skimming off the candlesticks and stuff. I mean, he got all this beautiful stuff going in there. <laughs> Did anybody get the feeling that, like, maybe Aaron... Well, I mean, it said straight up that Aaron and the priests and everything were eating of the uh, the sacrifices and the 
Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it could have very well been the same thing with building of it. Because it said they gave too much, so maybe he just took, you know, some of the extra... Oh, man, they gave way too much. I'm taking this extra stuff. Right, right. Or what if you end up right. getting bronze candlesticks and not the gold? You're like, oh, well, <laughs> got to figure out something to do with these bronze candlesticks, but I take them home to the wife, you know. Yeah, you can't tell the difference. <laughs> bronze, gold, same color. Yeah, it's not like they had Archimedes to help them out with that sort of thing. <laughs> <laughs> or science. No. Yeah, keep keep us going, Paul. What's, do we really want to skip on ahead to the uh, the building already, or is there anything we want to do? In, uh... Where are we at? Well, 24, he goes up the mountain and goes up there for 40 days, which is uh, quite a reoccurring number in theme. It's a very important uh, number yeah. for some reason. It, it really yeah, is. Uh, in 25, we get the specifics about the tabernacle and the mercy seat, uh, which you commented on, on the cherubim, Damien. What the hell are cherubim? Like I, I don't even know. They've got all I, this, all this very strict description of how to build a tabernacle, but they assume that anyone could make a cherubim likeness. We all know what those look like exactly, right? I, for, wasn't, I forget how the Catholics depict them. Like little babies with wings. That's how Catholics depict them, but I'm pretty sure that's wrong. <laughs> yeah, I thought the cherubim. <laughs> I thought that was what guarded the the entrance to the. Uh, Garden of Eden with a flaming sword, wasn't it? And it's just hard to picture one of those Raphaelite babies with a flaming <laughs> sword. It's just... Right, right. Unless God's it's just ironic great. like that, which is possible. That would be unassuming. <laughs> it's like... Oop. Whoever well, Damien keeps it. yelling at for typing, look it, look it up. Wikipedia. Yeah. Let's see what... Uh, okay, I'll look it up. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I'll just look it up on my phone. That's easier. And there's no typing noise. Nice. I want to back up just a little bit to some of the laws, because there were actually yeah. some laws that I thought were um, pretty good. Like, like sure. There were some that were really bad. But I, I like the part about um, if you see your enemy's uh, ass going astray, uh, then, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you should bring your enemy's ass back to him again. Surely thou shalt. And hand him his ass. Hand, his, hand, hand him his ass. You must hand your enemy his own ass. I, I have to say, uh, in Exodus 21, I thought some of the laws about the servants was really nice. About Especially like that they were only in servitude for what was like six years and things like that. I thought that was kind of, you know, in contrast with America, right. who it was your whole life. I thought sure. that the Hebrew six-year servitude was uh, pretty nice, I guess, when you compare it. Well, you have to bear in mind, though, they, the Hebrews, like the Americans, had a racist double standard. It was one standard for your fellow countrymen and a totally That's different true. standard for foreigners from different tribes. That's very true. I bet if you'd have brought the Hebrews an African slave, it would have never occurred to them to release him after six years. Yeah, and it was all well and good till they nailed your ear to the door. <laughs> <laughs> Although, I don't know, even in later times, I mean, that whole area, like India and such, whenever they took slaves from Africa at the same time as America, they had a very, uh, they had sort of the similar view, where eventually slaves became like a part of the household who had rights and were a part of, you know, they weren't, like slavery in the United States and slavery in that part of the world is completely different, still. <laughs> uh, I'm not going to say completely different, uh, you you really are sounding like an apologist tonight, Paul. What are you? <laughs> I'm not you, saying it was. Well, we need one. You're a plant. Yeah, I am. Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm a I'm a secret Christian. I mean, when it came down to it, there was still ownership of people by other people, and they were still told what to do with themselves. And that that yeah, 
Which is completely and totally bullshit. Yeah, and and also using using someone's family values against him, like, well, you could go free, but you know, mm-hmm. I still get to keep your wife and daughter. So yeah. that's bi- biblical family values right there. Use somebody's attachment to their family to keep them permanently enslaved. Yeah, that's not cool. Not that's cool, definitely. God. Not cool. <laughs> Moses. Are we am I skipping? I just I can we talk about the holy buttocks? Oh yeah, that oh, was Oh, yes, the the back parts. Thou shalt see the back parts. <laughs> oh, right. I, I believe that's chapter 33. Yeah, at the end of chapter thirty-three, uh, I, I will oh, take away so my skipping too far. I will take away my hand, and thou shalt see my back parts, but Moses my face shall not hot. be seen. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Moses is like, "Come on, God, let's have a face to face." And God's like, "Screw this! I'm gonna moon your ass." And... <laughs> and Moses was radiant from that divine mooning. Yeah, that's right. Glowed for a bit. Oh, that's great. That was that my was... favorite. Now, wasn't there an old mistranslation that said Moses had horns? Ooh, they mistranslated his glowing uh, face, and that's why old statues of Moses have horns. I'm googling. I remember hearing that at my Jesus college. Wow. Uh, okay. Because there's Renaissance statues of Moses where he has two horns on his head. Huh. Because the Catholics apparently couldn't speak Hebrew. Well, yeah, there's a lot of Hebrew words that we still don't know what they mean. Hey, if English is good enough for Jesus, it's good enough. (laughs) That's why we're using the KJV, because I have it on good authority from a former Bears football player that this is the one true translation that God has authorized and inspired in English. I also enjoyed the daughters that go a-whoring. That was good. That was a good bit. That sounds uh, festive, doesn't it? I actually marked that, too. I was like, huh. It sounds like yeah, it does sound festive. Now that you say that, it sounds like it should be a Christmas carol or something. That's yeah, cool. Right. All my daughters go whoring, you know. It's a, <laughs> it, just, it just sounds so festive, so old. It does. School. It sounds fun. Back to uh, Moses and his horns. I guess the Hebrew re- word uh, meaning to be radiant or cast a glow uh, is known as karam, and Jerome's Vulgate, the Catholic Church's church's latin translation intended to be the definitive interpretation of the bible was composed in the fifth century ce jerome used a verb i guess it's a different spelling granted to be a literal form of the noun kirin which actually means a horn so rather than emitting Uh, rays it was understood to grow horns so you're saying moses was really horny after seeing after seeing God's back parts, Moses became horny. <laughs> hey, I mean it's God, right? I mean you got to think. That's like the ultimate in horniness, right there. I mean, uh, God's got to be pretty pretty I, awesome. God's got to be pretty I, hot. I, yeah, uh, that's what I'm saying. If, if we are made in His image, I mean, I'm gonna have to have another beer just to keep up with this. Oh God! Oh man! Okay, so um, I think we've established sort of the general outline of what happens here. There's a whole bunch of laws. They build an ark. They build a tabernacle. And breastplates. Breastplates. Fancy with... dresses with bangles and jangles and bells for Aaron. All right. So if, if you guys don't have any, any particular stuff you want to talk about, which you, you probably do. Well, we got to do the golden calf. Oh, yeah. That was yes. weird. The molten yeah. calf. That's important. Yeah. We got to do all the actual stories. Because I mean, like Moses turns his back for a second. Yeah. They forgot real quick what happened back there at the Red Sea. Yeah. And the pillar of fire and the pillar of cloud and the plagues. 
and the angel of death. Yeah, true. <laughs> they have really, really short memories. For real. Yeah. Like, this guy can f*** you up, man. I wouldn't want to go messing around on any of that. <laughs> it's almost... And why was it Aaron in more trouble? I feel like he was a, a large part of that. Though. No, he yeah. had the greatest <laughs> excuse. He's like, man, I just threw gold in there. And look at the <laughs> fuck like that. It wasn't my fault. He never claimed to be good at carving yeah. or whatever. The Ultimate 747, I just threw some gold together, and hey, it made it evolved into a cow. That's what it was. It was pretty awesome. Yeah, that was really weird. Uh, you have trouble believing that these are the same people that had gone through all those miracles. Um, I, even though I know it's fiction, I feel I'm upset with the author for you know. Come on, you got to make the, you got to make this more <laughs> believable. Nobody's going to go through all those miracles. Nobody's going to go through all those miracles and then be like, oh, you know, it would be cool if we could build a golden idol. Because I don't think Yahweh would hate that or anything. <laughs> you know, it's not like it hasn't come up. Idolatry's been mentioned at this point. Maybe. <laughs> Well, the whole the whole uh, sacred bull thing is is really old. It was a really big ancient world thing. So, wasn't wasn't Baal a bull? Was he? I thought that was the maybe. I don't know. Let me Google. I thought that. that was. But you have the bull of heaven and Gilgamesh. I just taught Gilgamesh, so I'm I've got it in uh, my head. And um, I know you're right. Yeah, yeah, the Jesus School education's working out for me. <laughs> the storm god uh, was actually Baal, but I guess his uh, cultic animal was referenced as a bull. Mithras, too. Could have been Brahmin. So, so Brahmin, this is really yeah. just a, a polemic against uh, the Baal worship, then. Because it doesn't Perhaps. make any sense as a narrative. Maybe. I mean, who's... Well, that and Asherah are the ones they always go to. You, Yeah. Um, one thing that I thought was really interesting was in verse 14, where it said that the Lord repented of the evil that he thought to do to the mm. Israelites, and I was like, what the hell? Yeah, like, that's I thought, a strange story. Yeah. I don't know, I thought that was kind of weird. Like, Moses... better. Right. Well, God's supposed to be unchanging and good, but then it just says that God was planning to do evil to the Israelites, and I was like, what the hell? Yeah, it, was, it was one thing that never made sense to me in Sunday school was, yeah, God changed his mind. It's right. like it's like Abraham talking to him about Lot. Like, if there's this many people, he won't destroy it. Mm-hmm. Well, how about this many? Yeah. Well, but this seemed—I don't know. It seemed like more like it specifically said the Lord repented of the evil that he thought yeah. to do, and it was like, and, wh- and wow. why did he? <laughs> like, he could any more specific? And he did... <laughs> here you repent from the flood. He killed a lot more people. Then. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, but but with the fl- wait, which where's that? In thirty-two, uh, thirty-two, I, I Oh, got it. And you. you gotta you gotta love Moses' ar- ar- argument for like, hey God, you, you really shouldn't kill all these people because what will the Egyptians say? I know that was the awesome. <laughs> it's like, what will the neighbors think if God smites them? <laughs> exactly. <people?" laughs> They're gonna say, see, that's still a Yahweh. He can't even keep his people alive in the wilderness. Well, it w- it worked. What what about um, them grinding it up and? Did it? Was it just me? Or it seemed like it makes them drink it. Right, right. He grinds them up, makes them. He's like, like eat your false god. That's what, that's you what like I that? do to my kids whenever they go, uh, you know, against my will. I just make them whatever they're working on right then. I just make them grind it up and drink it. Grind up their toys yeah. and make them drink yeah. it. With their milk. I'm like, yeah, I know yep. that it's it's All probably toxic and with lead based paint, but <laughs> just grind it up and drink it, kid. You know that's how we punish you around here. You're a model parent. Yeah, I am, according to this. Just following after God. Yeah, or, or his servant Moses. 
his horny, glorious servant Mo- Moses. Right. And then they yeah. kill a bunch of people. Was it like a thousand? Well, yeah. That, at that point, it was a loyalty thing. It's like who's who's loyal to Yahweh? Uh, the Levites, of course. This is this is clearly the uh, the priestly author trying to get a few in for his side. Yeah, because the because the Levites didn't involve themselves at all. So apparently, they get to kill everyone. Apparently, and they weren't stiff necked. Was it clear why they were naked? Because it wasn't clear to me why they were naked in verse 25. It's much more fun to be know. naked. I mean, if I'm going to worship a everybody, golden bull, I'm going to be naked. I mean, but that's just me. Are they druids? Everybody knows. When <laughs> no, you they're worship, probably pagans. When you worship molten calves, you have to do it with an orgy. And that's just what was going on. <laughs> yeah, I suppose Every so. religion but Judaism. Yeah. It's the, the old school naked thing. See, I'm being all professorial and I'm bringing, I'm killing everybody's God buzz. The... Uh, no. That's impossible. <laughs> the old school nakedness thing is usually about shame and not having your fancy clothes. So it's not so much like people seeing your your naughty bits as it is not th- them seeing you without your the expression of your goods and your wealth and your ability to to clothe yourself so i mean that's part of why we get all this boring talk about what clothes look like because they you know a lot of your wealth would show in your clothes i guess i mean it's still true like like putting on sackcloth or some sort yeah so you know in when they say that that adam and eve were naked but not ashamed it's you know Mm. you're supposed to be ashamed when you're naked because you're vulnerable and exposed and and you're not displaying your worth. So if, yeah, I mean, the only thing I can think of is that they, what they've done in starting to worship this calf is that they've given up the cultural markers that are embedded in the clothing that you wear. And they've, they've it's sort of another symbol of their having abandoned their culture, their rules, whatever. Hmm. Damien's totally going to cut that because it was boring. Well, maybe, maybe so. But more, I'm going to cut it because I, no. I don't see how it fits into the narrative. Uh, they, they they did a little old... The, the, Aaron just made his excuse like, well, out came this calf. You know, like... Yeah, you know, huh? It wasn't my fault. This calf came out. And then, out of nowhere, Aaron had made them naked under their shame among their enemies. Uh, why? How, you know? It's look like Aaron was totally going along with this. This whole like let's worship the calf thing, but at some mm-hmm. point he decided let's let's get naked, but in a shameful way, not in a happy way. Right. Or they weren't ashamed, and then God saw them, and they were suddenly ashamed. Um, I, I mean, you or get Moses. your shame. You know, you want to get all Freudian about it. You you get your shame from your culture. So the you know when you give up. When you give up your culture, then you give up the things about your cult- that your culture has taught you are shameful. So, I mean, this is what they're doing: is they're abandoning what they're, you know, they're, what they were supposed to be following. Hmm. I, I assumed that they were singing and dancing and nudity, but in a festive way, not in a shameful way. <laughs> and then nobody felt ashamed until Moses showed up and started glaring at him with his beard and his. Big horny face. Yeah, but our our yes, narrator here is clearly on the shame side. Well, yeah, yeah, clearly. But I mean, I I can't explain a bunch of people singing and dancing and being naked, in in anything other than like the rave party sense of that experience. That's because you're a debauched. Yes, bacon. yes, probably that's it. Yeah. 
So And you're a milk drinking professor <laughs> trying to bring me down. <laughs> you're a boring ass pedant, so yeah. what? <laughs> I don't know. I, okay, I don't, fine. I don't know. I don't get it. I don't get that part. There's a lot of things I don't get about this uh, this book, and uh, maybe, maybe Paul can can enlighten us because he's been actually reading commentary and stuff. Me? Yeah, I have no. I actually, I don't know. I can understand the idea that it was a shame thing, like that kind of. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if it started out as a shame thing and then it. I. Hmm. It know. looked like they were having a great time <laughs> to me. There was singing, there was dancing, there was nudity. That well, it was right. better than Hornets, for sure. That, that was that was my first impression was that it was a big hey, let's take off our clothes and worship the molten calf. It'll be fun. Yeah, I mean, I um, assume that it was yeah. a very warm molten hat calf, so you don't want to keep right, right. Aphrodisiac. Yeah, you don't want to keep your clothes on when it's warm. I mean, <laughs> it's still giving off heat. No. But the shame thing is interesting. Like, they didn't have much. I have. I have not read that in the commentary on this. Actually, it was kind of. uh, I don't know if it's because it's such a common story, like of Aaron. So it actually wasn't written about very much on the blog, and I didn't do much research on it, probably because it was a common story and it was one that was well known. So I, I was just like, oh yeah, it was, you know, the part where Aaron makes a molten cap and everybody worships it. And then God gets really pissed and kills them all. And the, and the, the Levites, who were at this point presumably neither naked nor dancing nor worshiping the calf, say, "Oh yeah, we're with you, Moses. We were just over here in our tents drinking milk." Ass kissers. <laughs> we're with you, Moses. We're gonna get our swords and go kill everyone. It's great. It's it's just how it should be. They they were they were the ones worshiping the calf, not us. Yeah, just them. So in verse mm-hmm. twenty-seven, it's not like it's not like one of us made it. So is this the first? Show us your back parts again, God, so we can kiss them again. <laughs> That's what it is. It is really about divine ass kissing. Is it? <laughs> Aaron got off because his brother's Moses. I'm gonna have to add divine ass kissing to my list of themes for this book. <laughs> divine ass kissing for yeah, sure. That'll be a tag. Yeah, that's got to go in. <laughs> I just wish this were illustrated. There's a Lego Bible. Yeah, yeah I'm just I'm looking at the Brick Testament <laughs> the break, right now. The Brick Testament is wonderful. Be, I have it. Better be the King James Brick Testament. <laughs> there's there's also there's also a Lolcat. Yeah, we can't use the Lolcat no. Bible. <laughs> the Brick Testament's way. We'll better. use the Lolcat Bible on its 400th anniversary. Damn it! Bring it on! I'm ready. <laughs> when Moses comes down from uh, Sinai, uh, and the the naked people are down there, it's all blurred out, so I can't see if they're happier or anything. <laughs> Sure. <laughs> They're not just yellow Lego people. Nope, it's all blurred out. I mean, you really can't see anything. <laughs> so you really are reading the Brick Testament? Well, I, I I thought it'd be a good, you know, it's a visual thing, and so I thought maybe we could see their joy or their shame, and so that, that's why I I. Or their naughty that. bits. Or naughty bits, which is you know. Lego naughty gross because I was a little kid when I played with those, but you know. No, it's all just blurred out. You just see a bunch of, I don't know, bushes, brown. You see a lot of brown bushes, so. It's like a 70s porn. <laughs> <laughs> yes, there were a lot of brown bushes in the 70s, as I recall. What is happening to this show? <laughs> you, you brought me along. Sorry. Oh, that is oh. just terrible. So, uh, 
I just want some tangible proof, but I get none. Keep us, keep us rolling. Keep stuff. us rolling, Paul. What's the next thing we? Okay. What, what's the next <laughs> bit we're going to talk about? Um. So after thirty-two with a molten calf, we come to thirty-three, where we have uh the part which we t- talked about before about the mooning of Moses, mm-hmm. and 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 thirty-four we get commandments again, which. Uh, I guess this is whenever Moses actually writes them down and it takes him another 40 days. Uh, I guess God was giving him food or something or he writes painfully slow or something. He's chiseling in stone. Give him a break. He's chiseling, yeah, exactly. Uh, Okay, yeah, that's true. But still, 40 days. I mean, I I guess there was a lot of commandments in in 34, so that's true. There Uh, there were a lot, but this time there were actually 10. Uh, I, right. I, I have to point out that in 34.28 is the only instance in this book that I found of the phrase Ten Commandments. The, the phrase Ten Commandments does not appear in the book of Exodus except in this one place, in verse 28 of chapter 34. Yep. Well, so, and Moses, who broke the first ones, now he's got to make more. Right. And, and these ones don't, these don't look like the ones that they're trying to get posted at the Oklahoma Capitol. These are these are no the, no these are completely yeah, these are like feast of weeks first fruits of the wheat harvest feast of ingathering don't don't right. uh, cook baby goats in the milk of the goat mom because that'd be weird somehow is it is it cool if it's another goat though what yeah yeah it's that's, okay if it's another goat yeah it's okay sense. to boil a goat in milk just not in its mother's milk because that would be wrong that's just disturbing and this is the second time that's mentioned yes it's a very important mm-hmm. commandment. More than rape, which I don't think it's mentioned anywhere. <laughs> Except for that you have to pay. No. Right, it is, as long as you pay the virgin's dowry. That wasn't rape, that then was it's... seduction. Okay, fair enough. Oh, true. Yeah, you're right. Okay, yeah, I guess rape isn't... Well, we'll get to rape in Deuteronomy 22. Don't worry, we'll get to it. Okay. <laughs> I'm glad you know. Deuteronomy, Deuteronomy blows. We're reading the entire yeah, that's Bible. that's where I stopped. <laughs> so, that's... You know, sorry, Chess. I I can see why I, I can see why Christians don't uh, read the full Bible because by the first three books you're just depressed. <laughs> I, I really wouldn't want to read very much further. Honestly. They do. We 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 did back in the day. It's awful. Oh, they do read boring. the Bible, but usually they follow these reading plans, like what it keeps trying to pop up on my iPhone Bible, where it's like all split up. So you'll read like a chapter from Exodus and a Peter and a chapter from Peter and a chapter right. from. And so you don't get it all in order, and so it's not as depressing, I guess. Uh, right, but I would say that a majority of Christians don't actually read. They would never. They wouldn't read the whole Bible, even in that guided plan like that. I'll definitely agree with that. Yeah, but the uh, ones the, who do use those plans, and it's not. Uh, the year the year long one we did it just um, split up it in order, with like a certain number of chapters each night. Which is basically what we're doing so, right now. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. At the King and I. Well, we- we but have we the did sins it with, like, of the NIV the... and the NASV and like the good translations. Uh, if you want to call it that. <laughs> we I'm talk sorry, about the, the, the more good. accurate bullshit translations. Yeah, there you go. We have sins of the fathers in chapter thirty-four. Uh, That's kind of a big deal. Yeah. Um, wait, imputed or not imputed? Let's see, thirty-four, seven. Visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children and upon the children's children and unto the third and to the fourth generation. Yeah, that sounds pretty harsh. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, they, they change. Yeah, it's right in there with 
mercy they'll, too. They'll change is, that later uh, on in the book, but right now that's the plan. So the sins get visited on the children and the grandchildren, which is yeah, that's hardcore. And the great grandchildren. Uh, Wouldn't that be the fourth? Uh, yeah, 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 and then the, and then their children too. Um, which you know that, that's not exactly um, how it really works, unless you're ingesting alcohol when you're pregnant or something like that. Then your children will be. You know, getting your sins visited upon them directly with fetal. Uh, you could have Huntington's. Well, yeah, that's that's the sort of thing I'm talking about. <laughs> well, <laughs> I suppose there could be some sort of, you know, psychological commentary here that abusive parents tend to create jacked up children who themselves yeah, that's will. That's true. But yeah. something tells me that this is not really about that. No, I, I, I think it's fun to try to... No, because the Bible says it's okay to beat your kids. I, I think it's fun to yeah. try to make it make sense, but we should realize that that's what we're doing. We're, we're, we're yes. playing a particular kind of language game that apologists play, where we... Tr- yeah, this is shit I grew up with. Yeah. Well, we should need to be self-aware we about that. justify everything. It's, it's a fun game. Well, I mean, especially especially in the Old Testament, um, or the Hebrew Bible, the... Um, a lot of a lot of the punishment has to do with cutting your line, cutting off your immortality. So, and Yahweh tends to do that old school before you get sent to eternal torture. Tends to do that in the pagan way, the way the other pagans did it, which a lot of the time, you know, a lot of the pre-Christian stuff um, by cutting off your children. So if your if your immortality if you get your immortality through continuing your line through children then you get punished by having that line cut and it's the same thing as having your immortality cut off see mm-hmm. what I mean yeah well so, that was hell to the Jews because they didn't have a concept of hell like the Christian Church does exactly so they cut they cut your kids yeah it was your, so, your your inheritance was all you had your progeny. Yeah. So that that could be that could be reflected here and too. Progeny has been a really really strong theme through this book and the previous book. It's been all about progeny uh, and who's who's progeny of whom and yeah. who's uh, begatting with whom and you know mm-hmm. who's who's begatting is miraculous and in what way is it miraculous and you know that sort of thing. It's been a, a, a very strong running theme along with obedience and kissing Hank's ass. Okay, <laughs> do you guys have have anything that you read in? In the second half of Exodus, either you have a question about, or it, it stuck out at you in some way, you want to talk about it. I would like to ask about the Matrix. Like what? Keanu Reeves, the Matrix? No, no, no I, not like Keanu Reeves. Like in Did you use no kung fu? No, <laughs> no, like like in thirty four. That's a way better story. That's Thank you. Thirty four nineteen. Was that Paul? Yeah, thirty four nineteen. Yeah. I noticed that too. I, All that openeth the matrix is mine, and that I, every first fling among thy cattle. I assume that matrix here is a euphemism for womb, or indeed it is. Yeah. Like to know, it, it is Strong's seventy three fifty eight, which is, I believe, you say it rechaim, uh, which is actually womb. Okay, fancy. Okay. Wow. Okay. Do you remember when Warner Brothers uh, used to have whatisthematrix.com registered? <laughs> <laughs> I do remember Well, that. they didn't have Strong's. Apparently, they could have just looked it up. It's been totally easier. <laughs> That's what you came out of your mom with. What does Urban Dictionary say the Matrix is? 
<laughs> when I see Matrix, I think of matrices, like in math. math that's like yeah. the first thing that I think of when I see Matrix. Woo, so that's math. why it's like, what the hell? <laughs> um, if I had to say one thing through the whole book, it seemed like the Sabbath came up a lot, which is interesting because modern uh, religions and Christianity tend to kind of push that aside. Like, they were talking about putting people to death for defiling the Sabbath. Oh, yeah. But, That's how they rolled back then. Right. So I would say that was probably the most important. Like, don't build fire. Like, don't do shit on the Sabbath. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> you roll over in your sleep, you get executed. I know, right? Yeah. Have you guys oh. read Richard Sosis? Um, he t- I, I just read this for a class I was teaching. Um, the he, he His argument is that... that um, any sort of group, and he's particularly interested in religions, but other groups count too. Um, any group that has really high cost for membership, like lots of sacrifices, they tend to be much more cohesive. Yeah, oh yeah, that's, so, that's absolutely true. And that's why you'll find uh, groups like the, the U.S. Marines or, right, or certain fraternities, fraternities they, they will put arbitrarily high prices on admission uh, in the form of hazing and really, really difficult tasks. Just uh, because it forms well, because it forms a group bond. It forms right. So the more you give up, the more you sacrifice as part of the group, and the more you sort of do that with other people. So look at me; we're all in this together. We're all not doing shit on the Sabbath, even if that means that we don't. We're all freezing our asses off, not kindling a fire right. on the Sabbath. <laughs> exactly. We're all doing it together. So I know that I can trust you. I know if you're willing to give up that much, then you must really be sincerely part of my group. Right. Oh, yeah, that's true. I was, I was in fake OC frat. We had to do a bunch of stupid crap. But everyone did it. So, yeah, it actually did create quite a bond between everyone. Yeah. What was that name again? Sorry. That fake was OC frat? That's a really interesting point. Fake OC frat. No, no, no. <laughs> that is really interesting now that you mention it. <laughs> Shelly, I was talking about the... Uh, oh, the what, guy? Right. Sosis. S-O-S-I-S. Okay. Thank you. Yeah, that's been... Um, that's been in the psychological literature as well. I've seen that um, yeah. in, in terms of cognitive dissonance resolution where you have to ask yourself, you know, why Why did I go through all this bullshit? Uh, and most people answer the question, because I really, really value being in this frat or this unit mm-hmm. or this, you know, branch of armed service or, exactly. or whatever it is. Oh, in hindsight, I always think, why the hell do I do any of that? <laughs> only it was only occasionally fun. Yeah, if you're just wondering why the hell you did it, it didn't work right for you. <laughs> it's supposed to bond you. Yeah, well, you're supposed to say, "Yes, I really love this unit." And it gives a value too. I did at the time. Cutting off their tips of their penises and stuff. Yeah, I mean it's kind of a big that deal. Is kind of a big deal. Hey, you know, but they were doing it like sometimes in this they they're like doing it to themselves and shit. Right. Yeah. Or spontaneously, every, every, really love the every Lord. now and then a woman will just grab a sharp rock and circumcise her son right there on the spot. Yes. Oh. Happened, seen it. What, 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 Did you put it on YouTube? One of your Oklahoma Christian initiation rites? <laughs> yeah. Your no. mom has to come down with a sharp stone? <laughs> My parents would have disowned me if they'd seen all the stupid crap we did. No, that was Moses' husband, wasn't it, Paul? Do you remember that? Be Moses' wife. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was about to say, whoa, Moses what chapter is that where Moses has a husband? Uh, Moses was the husband in that scene, wasn't it? And it was Zipporah who cut off her son's uh, the tip. Indeed, tip of his it was. Bit. That was in the first. That was in the first part of Exodus, yeah. if I yeah, remember correctly. Spontane- See, you guys missed out last week. The first half of Exodus is good stuff. 
And in Genesis, when the whole well, no one told me itself, that was pretty impressive because they love Dinah. Yes. Uh, so, well, somebody loved somebody Dinah. was in the kitchen with Dinah. Yeah. <laughs> so I was thinking that. And so they decided to circumcise themselves. Yeah. Oh, they really, really love Dinah. The whole town. Yeah. Well, they're really into their group. I'm just, you know. I would have loved you. They're ready to drink Kool Aid. <laughs> I don't want to go back to like Genesis, but that was. I would have loved to. I saw that the Joseph on TBN, and uh, the speech on on TBN where they're trying to talk to all the guys into getting circumcised. It was not persuasive enough. I thought, you know, TBN had a go at it, but I mean, this is supposed to be like Barack Obama times ten to talk a whole city full of men and adult men into getting circumcised right mm-hmm. there and then, just so they could live with the Hebrews. You want us to do what now? I think there must have been a knife involved. Yeah, gonna, Maybe a thousand. You have to pull really hard on this part right here, and then it's gonna hurt. Or we'll, or we'll kill you. I think that'd be the only, only way they're making that many people well, do. Well, they that. did kill him eventually, but I don't, I don't want to revisit Genesis right now. Mm-hmm. Anyone else have? Anyone else? You know, you get, you came here. You're missing TV. What do you got from Exodus for us? Yeah. yeah uh, what is it? Just to be uh, clear. What does it mean that he that curseth his father or his mother shall surely be put to death? Does that just mean speak ill of them or tell them off? Or does that mean to, like, cast a spell on them? Huh. What verse is that in? It's, uh, tw- it's 2117. Yeah, that is weird. I'd always assumed it was, like, a kind of a God damn you, mom and dad, but I don't know. Right, but these are mystics. These are mystics. I mean, they could have believed that. Yeah, but sure. everything else in there is very mundane. It's, it's steal at the man, right. ki- kidnapping, and then reselling. Uh, you know, that's like what is that called? It's like s- sort of a slave trading thing that they kidnap them and sell them off. Uh, yeah, it just seems like it just seems like telling your parents off and being put to death. Well, that's wrong. But if he had cursed their harsh. parents, if he had cursed their parents, like you know, made them into a to a, no- a newt. Well, that might be. <laughs> I mean, I could see, I could see that. I can understand. You oh, know, only if they never got yeah, better. Yeah, belief curses are real. Only if they never got better, yeah, right? I mean, if they stayed in it, that'd be terrible. Right. Cool. Um. By the way, that the curse there is Strong's H seventy forty three, which is I'm not going to try and say it. Kalal, maybe. Um. In any case, it is. The first meaning is to be slight or to be swift, which is kind of interesting. Um, but then subset C under that is to make despicable or to curse. And then D is to actually to be cursed, which doesn't really add that much. It, it goes on, which is interesting, to make light or to lighten, um, to shake, uh, to be trifling, to be of little account. So there's, I, I don't know, I think there may be some sort of Hebrew cultural pun in there or something that we're missing. Well, nuance to that. But word. it doesn't say, it right. doesn't say sorcery. And there is a word for sorcery. For no. Casting spells. It does say, a, there's a word for casting spells in Hebrew. Yeah. Right. And it's, well, it, it's, just, it's just specifically to curse or to be cursed. Yeah. Or to make despicable is what, I guess, the appropriate meaning that has been attributed to it in this context. Oh. Well, I tried my hand at, at apologists, but it did not work. Yeah, God, you guys, <laughs> growing up in the Bible Belt, you guys just have this ingrained habit of trying to make it all make sense. <laughs> Sorry. It's difficult. It's really difficult to read a book that has... It's the Old Testament. It's twisted and messed up. Yeah, right. I made it about four books in before I lost my faith. The first time I tried to read through this, that was like 1997. <laughs> I think I made it to Deuteronomy. So it's five books in. Deuteronomy 22. Deuteronomy, me I made it too. to Deuteronomy yeah. 22, and I'm like, Laura, I don't think I can keep believing this. Crack up another Miller Lite? <laughs> oh, yes, I did. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs>
I tried to put it away. Huh. We're gonna have to invent the beer. Uh, no, we can hear it. For reference, uh, that word is the same one that's used in Genesis eight eleven, uh, and then also the same word that's used in Genesis eight twenty one, where he curse, where the Lord cur- curses the ground for the man's sake, I guess. And then also in Genesis, it's used a lot in Genesis apparently. Whenever the Lord is cursing a bunch of things. Mm. Uh, so I, I would definitely say it's like a curse, like screw you, mom and dad, you're going to hell or something. Like, I guess hell didn't exist then, but uh, pox on the right, <laughs> mom and dad. Actually, would, speaking of words, I'd like to see brought back. I would love to see that a pox upon thee and and fie on thee. These are these are yeah. some things we need to bring back into modern English. We should maybe yeah. have a segment where we pox people. That's great. A pox upon Fallwell. Wait, it's too late. Never mind. <laughs> this anti-vaccination movement, you know, gets its wheels oh, going. Definitely a may, pox uh, upon them. <laughs> it <laughs> may start making there, sense there again. Shouldn't be that be over now? Them. I it mean, if people didn't. Yeah, people didn't listen to the scientific evidence, but now they listen to the whole fact that Andrew Wakefield faked it all. I mean, wait, no, think, no, he didn't. What are you talking about? They, yeah, <laughs> you think. It should be over, but it's not. He's just a victim of big pharma. Mm, yeah, it's, it's all a big. He's been discredited by. Oh yeah, the I got no big pharma to check yesterday. You know what I love about, and we're totally going off topic here, but what I love about the anti-vax movement <laughs> is that it shows that secular societies can be idiotic too. You know, just be, just because right. you don't have faith in religion doesn't mean you can't be a total idiot. Yeah, Bill Maher. <laughs> yeah, in Britain. Yeah, yes. Bill Maher and all of Great Britain. Well, most of it. Right. <laughs> Bill, Bill Maher, anti-vax? Wow. Yeah, that's why I'm not going to yeah. the show. I don't, I'm, I'm refreshed. I don't know if he's so much anti-vax. He's all for, like, alternative medicine, though. Ooh. Okay. Yeah, I, I, uh, I support- he's, he's all about some woo on that side. There, was, there nice. were a lot of people okay. that were pissed off when the Atheist Alliance International gave him that award. Yeah, even Dawkins was pissed I, off. I was pissed yeah, off. Yeah, he was. His name on the award. I, I would be pissed, too, if he's all about the woo. That's kind of shitty. Uh, yeah. Okay. If if you get God right by accident, that doesn't count as rationalism. Right. Yeah. To bring it back on topic, the slavery the slavery chapter always confuses me because the Christians always blow out the Bible as oh no no God never condones slavery in the, slavery in the entire Bible. Like have you have you read the Old Testament? Yeah, he really. It's all about does. not only can you have slaves, it's how bad can you beat them? How can you keep them? How can you sell your daughter into sexual bondage? Yep. Uh, How can you blackmail your slaves into staying because you have their wife and child? Right. I, I found that yeah. I found that to be like particularly disturbing that a man would sell his daughter to be a maidservant. And I thought, well, maidservant, surely they just mean, you know, cleaning up tubs and stuff, you know, or just milking milking no, the cow. Do. And then it says like very next verse, like, and if she please not her master, who has mm-hmm. patrols. She her. must know her master in the biblical sense. Yeah. Yeah. So it, it does say that he shall not diminish her duty of marriage, though, if he takes another wife, which I guess he means he has to keep stripping her. So that's yeah. something. That's something. At least. The excuse I was always given was it was a different time. Yeah, that's great. That's a great argument it's for a cultural. timeless, perfectly moral being is that, exactly. mm-hmm. you know, it's a different time. That I'm supposed to worship. Yeah. If the question is, was this written by people who lived back then using their morals and their ideas? Or was this written by a timelessly moral, perfect being? Uh, this seems like fairly strong evidence for the former hypothesis to me. I don't know how anyone could read this. And it only gets worse. It, oh, it, to yeah. go, 
Wait, wait till we hit Joshua. To be all apo- apologetic and everything. Oh, God, it, here we go. Yeah, here we go. <laughs> it, it could be evidence of, of an earthly audience. See? It could just be that, like what he said at the time, so they, they just kind of took whatever God said to them and processed it to, to fit their time. Like, God was like, don't beat people. And they were like, oh, yeah, we're not supposed to beat our slaves to death. So you're saying that, that that these aren't actually the commands that God said. This is just how they interpreted it and wrote it down. Like like what he said was, don't ever have slaves because it's wrong to own other people. And they interpreted that to be, well, if you sell your daughter to be a slave, don't totally treat her badly. Yeah, yeah it seems like the, if they were supposed to believe their God unquestioningly, he could have told them anything and they would have done it. Fair enough. I was just trying to be a apologetic for a minute. <laughs> I completely agree. It's really tough. It, it is. really is. That's why I'm not a Christian anymore. Yeah. I think I think a lot of us have a lot of us have tried to be apologists on occasion. At least, uh, uh, well, I think most of us here. Yeah, I grew up hearing all that bullshit. Yeah, I, I say they're all, all life is a test. That's bullshit. But that, that's that's how I rationalize it. Well, he can't even keep these people under control for ten minutes. It's for like forty. In 40 days, yeah. And they're worse than cats. Hey, hey, that cat came spontaneously out of the fire. He couldn't help it. And it was <laughs> molten. Well, so you're saying that's a better trick than what he was doing? It so, was a pretty good I trick. Mean, uh, it's a pretty good trick. It's like, God can part the Reed Sea, but this Bale guy, he can spontaneously make calves come out of fires, and that's cool. <laughs> they had to throw their earrings in first. See, that's really that's cultish. True. you got to give up the your... tornado came and a cow you know, Speaking of cultish, I thought the whole like stones embedded in the in the breastplates and everything was kind of like isn't that I don't know maybe it was just me I thought that was very like or when I think of cultish I think of stones and having a specific value with each type of stone and what it does and I thought it was interesting that they had their you know it had to be exactly this stone and in this mm-hmm. breastplate I thought that was kind of a remnant of that that cultish heritage in any case uh, so does uh, what other topics do we have or what other overriding themes anybody well, want to say okay, or? so we, we've identified a, a few overriding themes in this book uh, one of them is the priest shall get theirs true <laughs> and the Sabbath is important yeah the, the Sabbath mm-hmm. is important but it's very important to sacrifice all these things there's a whole things about how to sacrifice so that the priests can get a share, and they get you know they get to eat the sacrifice, they get to uh, have all all this uh, gold and all this uh, blue and purple and silver and all all this good stuff. Uh, bring it to you're sacrificing it to quote God, but really the priests get to enjoy all of this finery yeah. and all of this gold and, and all the food that's being sacrificed. It's very similar to the Catholic Church. Yeah, I mean it's it's amazing how uh, <laughs> how early on in the Bible like we get this whole that the clergy is going to to get their yeah, it's an organization completely supported by the people. So they don't actually have to do anything mm-hmm. except burn some animals occasionally. Yeah, and they're supposed to give. They're supposed to send their firstborn sons into the priesthood. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, oh, is only the firstborn of the Levites? Uh, Somewhere it says I don't remember. Uh, like that. Give your Firstborn you, son. You have your firstborn to the priesthood, but I think that means you have to redeem them with the sacrifice. Um, oh. Uh, okay, I have a, I have a question. Uh, just oh, just one last question, really. That's all I have. Uh, Twenty-eight, verse thirty-five. There's a lot of references to death in this book, but this one doesn't make any sense to me. It, it shall be upon Aaron to minister, and his sound shall be heard when he goeth into the holy place before the Lord, and when he cometh out, that he die not. 
Is that in case he's unclean and goes into the Holy of Holies and gets struck down? Before the Lord. I, I, I don't know. I, I, a lot of this book, like, I'm like, okay, that's, that's kind of weird, but I get what they're getting at. This part is just like, out of nowhere, as long as he's wearing lots of golden bells and pomegranates and jangling as he walks, <laughs> then he won't die. <laughs> That makes no sense to me. What? Why is it golden bells it's not, keep it's, you from dying? Well, I, I assume that's because when those priests have to go in there, they have to cleanse themselves, and if they don't cleanse themselves, they get killed by God. So, so. And he, I guess he rings a bell when he comes back out to make to show everyone, oh, hey, God didn't wearing kill me. A bunch of bells. How does that keep God from yes. killing him? Yes. Oh. It's is like, God like a hair trigger I, kind of guy, like. Oh, 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 wait, no, that's, no, that's yes, Aaron. He's no, the God's, worst. Like a, God's like a ninja. If you startle him, he runs away. He's the worst bouncer <laughs> ever. I, I was always, I was under the impression that the bells were there to make sure that, like, if somebody did die, then they, they could, like, pull them back out. They would know that they were dead because they didn't hear the bells and they could pull them back out of the, the holiest of holies or whatever. That was just how it was told to me, but. I love that idea. So he's like yeah. shaking it the whole time he's in there. Right, right. So while he's in there sacrificing and everything, he's making noise. And if I hit, if they hear the noise stop, then you know they have to go oh, in there and dead. get him. <laughs> yeah, like, no, yet again, God's a ninja. You got to let him know you're coming up behind him, or he's going to stab you. <laughs> yeah, God, God's you can't sneak up on him. Part. You'll startle him. He's a ninja. That's yeah. the most insightful thing I've heard tonight. <laughs> God is in the So what you do is Hey three uh three nine percent bears will do that. Aaron there. stops jangling, you just put a big shepherd's crook in there and yank him out. Because you can't go you can't I can't go in there. It's like the right. labyrinth. Yeah, they've got him stacked up like cordwood out around the side of the building, you know? It's like they just keep dragging him out when the bells stop ringing. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, damn, that one jerked it didn't get us. Shit. Another one. He was unclean. <laughs> unclean. He, he had <laughs> Running out of Levites. Oh, man. <laughs> I, it's a rough business, man. You don't go into this lightly, you know? It's... Right around this chapter, I realized that God is fabulous. <laughs> <laughs> it's just all of this really, real attention to, sh- to fashion detail, you know, like it's, binding of woven work. Super shiny and awesome. The holes in the haber- haberjan. Haber- <laughs> I would have to agree. I mean, his architectural taste is impeccable. And absolutely, he's, and he's really, really detailed about fashion. Pomegranates of blue and purple and scarlet. It's a big deal. And scarlet. I want to yeah. know how to make a pomegranate of blue and purple and scarlet. I want to know where I can get that. True. Under the arts district. Okay, guys, I gotta, I gotta go. You guys want to keep talking or? Uh... No, I got Ryan Seacrest oh, waiting Ryan on me, man. Ryan Seacrest, he's beautiful. He's not tall, <laughs> but he's beautiful. I gotta watch the rest of Thunder game. Next time, uh, you want to just do all of Leviticus next time, Paul? Sure, that works. Okay. Push through.